Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Well, I want to welcome each and every one of you to a very special spiritual journey that we're going to take together. It's more than a series If you're new to Milestone Church, we decided a long time ago we didn't want to just be a mob of people that were singularly interacting with things, but everything we do, we like to do together. We we want to take the journey together. I'll tell you about some of the specifics of it. It's going to be a very unique journey that I'm very excited about. I want to welcome all of those at our McKinney campus, our Hazlitt campus. Welcome everybody that's joining us online, maybe someone watching this message later. Would you put your hands together and just welcome everybody? We're glad you're with us. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts 2.22. And this journey that we're going on is unique in a lot of ways in that, again, we, we do it together. There's services, and then we have a resource for you, and we have a group, and what's unique about this journey is that we're going to look at the miracles of Jesus, and in June, I went to Israel and went to the locations of these miracles, and so as we look at the specific miracles, we'll actually go there to the place and, uh, and, and I'm just thankful to our team that helped me with this, so it's just gonna help bring you in to the stories, and so I'm excited about the journey. It is an exciting time in the life of our church. If you're new with us, we're just, we're glad to have you here with us. We had our big move-in weekend last weekend, and we thank God for all that he's doing among us, the new space, but I always love to say, you know, the amazing thing about a church is not the new facilities, though we're so thankful for our new common space and we've got a new place to minister to to young people with our children's space and a a great church is not a a great, eloquent, good-looking, bald preacher. That doesn't make a great church, though we got, you know, that, but um, (laughs) none of those things really are the main thing of a church. The greatest thing about a church is people like you and we were actually... A, a little bit late on getting our CO, and uh, so we were we were scrambling at the end. How many of y'all lived long enough to know it always costs more and takes longer? Can we have an amen in the house of God? But uh, we were right there at the last, and I just want to say thank you to all of you that helped us because of the type of church that I get a chance to pastor, which I feel so fortunate to be a part of. You guys showed up, man. We had like 250 of you helping us put together all kinds of little fixtures and making things happen. When we deployed our skilled projects team, I love this team. You may have seen them in action on serve day. They build ramps for veterans. They do a lot of different things. These are amazing people who use their hands to glorify God. If you get on the team, you could buy a whole new set of tools, guys. You could get a four-wheel drive, tell your wife you're doing it for Jesus. <laughs> it's a real good team to get on, okay? But uh, I love it, and they showed up, and they helped us, and then there were like 30-something of you that stood out in the heat all weekend at all the services and greeted, and I heard about a champion, a champion serve team member that I wanna highlight, Katie 
De Los Santos. She was one of the greeters, and I heard this message came up the pipeline. I thought, man, we need to celebrate her. She took down notes and memorized names, and she stood out there and was remembering people by name. Now, that's next level. Are you with me? That's amazing. Uh, people like... Chelsea and Reuben Lohr and Mike and Melissa Browning and people that have been part of our church, uh, they were actually escorting families, new families into the kids area, helping them find their way. Many of you were wearing shirts. Ask me if you have a question. Um, I, I just wanna celebrate this. Can we give God a round of applause for his church and the way that, you know, in today's world, it's just a big deal to see people and to, to recognize people and to show them the love of Christ. You could be, again, in that setting, just sometimes the very first thing that leads people to a relationship with Jesus. And so I just wanna say thank you to all of you that helped us with our move in. I'm really excited to start this miracles journey. I've, I've had great anticipation about it. You know, I've had it bubbling up because I shot the videos in June and then I had my study break, so I've been studying miracles and, and I think it's, a, it's an engaging topic because as, as, as one person said, you know, like it, it's, it's a great thing to, to look at miracles and believe in miracles or even uh, look to a situation where you might see a miracle but you don't always wanna be a, a candidate who needs a miracle. But, but we all in life find ourselves in places where we, we, we have a need outside of ourselves. But, but I think we have a lot of questions about this idea of miracles. I think we have different backgrounds and different experiences. And, and so when we go to the scriptures, when we go to the life of Jesus, I, I think it challenges all of us no matter where we're at in our journey, no matter what our experience is, when you really read the gospels, when you really see the life of Jesus, like there's stuff in there you're like, wow, it's, it's a bit overwhelming. And so I, I think we all have even some questions about like, like how do you relate to these things that are outside of the realm of our experience? How would you get one of these miracles? What does that look like? And we see how Jesus comes in the lives of everyday people and I think Every single week, each one of the miracles is going to speak to us, but the biggest thing that I think is going to happen, and I wanna start this first week just at a foundational level. I, I'm, I'm really, I, I want you to stay with me, but I'm, I'm starting at the basic level for a reason because it's a journey that's gonna build. But, but one of the main things we're gonna learn in this journey is, is that it's really about how we see God. It's really that these miracles and these interactions, they expand our view of how we tend to look at God through the lens of our own experiences, our own backgrounds, our, our own perspectives. I, I can't tell you how many people that I've met that a lot of times they have a, a image of God that comes from maybe a painful childhood or an abusive father or maybe even in the area of a miracle, well, I, I, I prayed for my dad or my mom or someone and it, it didn't happen. And just, just know this, the enemy's strategy always is through your experiences in life to get you to see God the wrong way. To see him as not good and not faithful and not for you. You know, 
There's things in life we experience that we don't know how to connect the dots sometimes. But, but we have to know this, that he's ahead of us and he's eternal. That's, that's hard to wrap our minds around this little small moment in time that we live. And he's bigger and he's greater and he's, he's so much more than we could ever imagine. And so I, I want you to know here at this first start of Miracles the main goal that God has for you is he wants to show you more of himself, that he's greater than you've ever imagined. A lot of times we have a lot of different perspectives of God. Um, I think about it with my own kids. I dropped off my third at college this week, my third drop off. I'm not an empty nester, I got Laney Kate left. I'm a single nester, I got one in seventh grade. I actually now got you know, all my drivers have moved out. So I'm going back, man. I'm going back old school. Some of y'all, this is your first time. I've already done this. I'm going back to carpool. I'm going back to seventh grade. <laughs> Girls, seventh grade. Girls need to get born again. <laughs> Pray for the brother. You know, I'm like, I'm too old for this. Anyway, we're going back seventh grade. I was thinking about it this week, though. Lainey Kate, when she was about five or six, we were there at the island in our kitchen, and she was there, and our campus pastor from Hazlitt, Ron Stagel, his son, Holden, was there. They're five and six. We're having appetizers at my island. I love to do, we've got all the kids, you know, and the two little ones were right there, and, and I started listening to their conversation. Holden began to share with Laney Kate that he had seen the tooth fairy. He said, I've seen the tooth fairy. He's got a wild imagination. Laney Kate's all clued in. Well, what did he look like? He said, you won't believe it. He's about this tall. He's got fast wings that buzz around. And he flies around into little kids' bedrooms and blesses them really big. Laney looked at him and said, that's not true. The tooth fairy's my dad, and he's always like a week late. <laughs> hey, girls are faster than boys, okay? They're just more mature. I have a boy, I got girls. Let me just tell you, boys don't even wake up till 15. And, and then their, their brain stem doesn't connect till 23. So just it gets better, any of you guys out there raising boys, okay? I thought about that story, and I thought, you know, it's like, yeah, it's funny when it's the tooth fairy, but... How many people have a perspective of God? And in this series, we're gonna, we're gonna enlarge our perspective of God. In fact, Psalm 77 says this, you are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. That God is a God that performs miracles. How do we make sense of this. Well, I think we're in different categories. In fact, the book that I wrote for you that I want you to get, by the way, as a pastor, I always try to say this. I don't, I don't make any resources off of you. When I'm asking you to go through this at all our physical locations, so I'm not trying to peddle a book 
for my own gain. I wrote this to help you. We're charging $7. Why? To help cover costs and help us to be able to give it to more people and help more people. But I, I do want you to get it. And in the very beginning, I start us off in pages 10 through 13. I hope you'll read it. And I start thinking about when I'm, when I'm there in Israel and I'm thinking about these miracles and I'm reading these stories and they're just like, I started thinking about where different people are. And in the book I talk about, I think there's people who struggle intellectually with miracles. They read the Bible and they think, man, this is like a fable storybook. Somebody who's lost their mind is writing this. This couldn't have happened. Yet we consistently find with scientific advancements that even our science begins to discover things that we didn't know before that confirm how great God is. And what we really learn is, no matter how intellectual we are, we're not as smart as God, but I do find that people struggle somewhat intellectually. There's people that are intrigued by it. They're like, I'm open, but they don't know what to do with it. I like to think of it this way, if I could go a little bit more into even the emotion of it, I, I think of these groups. First of all, there's some of you out there, we're gonna go through this miracle series, and you're like, you see miracles as a call for help. You're like, I don't know this God who performs miracles, but I'm open to it. You know, the man upstairs, you know, and it's like break glass in case of emergency. I find even people who don't serve God, people who don't worship God, as a pastor for almost 30 years, I spent a lot of time in hospitals and ICU rooms and places where when you get a big enough problem, let's just say you're open. Call for help. I don't know if he's out there, but I'm, I'm asking for help. So for some of us, it's kind of a break glass in case of emergency. Others of you, you have a relationship with God, but maybe you're part of the Bible in this section, the book of Acts or these miracles in the gospels. It's kind of like, I don't know about all that. I, I haven't really got in that part of it. So you're a bit intrigued, but you're trying to figure it out. I thought about it this week like, it's kind of like a combination lock, and it's like, maybe there's some special people. You're gonna learn in this series, this was a belief. I'm gonna talk about it a little bit next week. There's a belief, even in the Bible, in the times that Jesus interacted with, that if you do good, you get good. If you do bad, you get bad. There's a common belief of people who don't understand God that they think there's a one-to-one -one relationship of what's happening in our lives, and it's like, oh, there's some people, it seems like, they got, the combi they, they got the combination to this. I, I'm not a person who got the combination numbers. I don't know if I can get there, but where I would really like you to go in this series is just to engage the complexity of it. The reality is it's a tension and it's a, it's a complex thing and our frail human understanding and experience we just have a lot of questions when it comes to miracles and how all this works, and, and it's okay. Like, I think a lot of people think you have to understand everything about God to love God. No, 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 the reality is the complexity of our relationship with God brings the beauty and the majesty and the awe and the wonder of who he really is. So whatever group you're in, I'm just gonna ask you just to engage the complexity and begin to, to just approach it from that standpoint. And I believe this series is going to speak to you. This first week and, and every week, I'm gonna take you to Israel. I'm gonna 
take you there. This first week, I want to start the discussion, Acts 2.22, in your Bibles. Acts 2.22, we're going to start kind of the end there. And this is Peter, and he was there at a lot of these miracles, and so he's given a perspective. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to the Sea of Galilee. I'm going to take you to this region there. I'm going to take you one week on the Sea of Galilee. We're going to go around this region, and, and as I was standing there looking over this region, I thought, this is like, like teachers out there, this is like, like Jesus' faith classroom. Like a lot of his faith teachings and trainings with his disciples happened in and around this lake that was called the sea. So I wanna take you there for a minute to get us started this first week and begin to think about miracles. Watch this with me. I was first here in, in, in the first location that I went to, I, I saw some really large ants. And I was, you know, again, having been here a few times, but there's just, there is something about being where Jesus walked and there's, there's just some, some feelings that you get, just that you, you, you just, I don't know, you feel more connected at some level. And I know every person can't come here, so my desire is to kind of bring it to you, but I was just began to contemplate the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the majesty, the power of God, that he's so much bigger. And I saw these ants and I thought the ants can see the rocks. They can see things from their perspective, but they can't see all of this beauty that I'm surrounded by. I began to think, how, how does this great God that's so much bigger than the ants, how would he connect with something finite when he is so infinite, how would he, how would he make a connection? Because we're way more like the ants than we are like this great big God. I immediately had this thought. I'd never thought about it before. He had to become an ant. He, he had to become one of us to speak our language, to connect with us. And, and, and miracles are not the sum total of what he did, but miracles were, as he performed these miracles, they were a way of us seeing his heart his generosity, his goodness. And, and a lot of times he was going to the person who felt on the outside that everyone else had shunned. And if you're in that place, you're like, well, I'm not a candidate for a miracle. I'm, I'm not a candidate to be closer to God. You're the very person that he would want to come to. When we really take this journey and study these miracles, you're gonna be blown away at the people he touched, at the people he connected to. He, and if you will, he came and spoke ant language to bring us into his goodness and his greatness and his power. As we start this journey though, I, I just wanna lay a, a basic foundation. Why these miracles? So much of it we'll never totally be able to understand or they're, they're, they're outside of human rationale. They, they, they don't have all of the linear aspects to our pragmatic world, but why? Why the miracles? Well, as we start the journey at each step, 
you're, you're going to find places of connection, but at a foundational level, I want to read to you Acts 2.22, where Peter, who saw a lot of these miracles, and this is after the resurrection of Jesus, after his crucifixion, after the Holy Spirit has been poured out, the very one who denied Jesus is now preaching about this Jesus, and he says this. I want to read it to you. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. What an interesting passage after the Gospels. The, 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 the story that, that Peter lived, the, the, the one who experienced these things, he's now saying to these people, that the reason God did the miracles is it brought validation, authentication. He, he uses the word accredited to. Well, God doesn't need a, a, a credit account. He doesn't need a ID. He doesn't need authentication. He doesn't need a passcode because he is eternal and sufficient all by himself. But again, because we don't know how to relate to him, he comes, and you have to understand, there's no way that people would have seen him to be the son of God, to be sent from God to us, to bring us close to God, unless he had the ability to do the things God does. The reason the miracles that we're going to study in this series are, they, they, they have creative elements. They, 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 they come from a creator God, where things that are not become created. We see him use words like having the power to forgive sin. And in one of the miracles, he literally defies death itself as a picture of his own life and raises a human being back to life. And so Jesus is authenticating and validating. Remember, to us, that he's sent to us from God, that he is God. And it's all because God loves you so much he goes to great lengths to connect to you in a way that you can receive him. I find a lot of people, they don't know how good he is, how great he is, how generous he is. But I want you to know as you go through this series, you don't have to struggle or strain. All you have to do is open your heart to receive because God's right there ready to reveal himself to you. Let's go on this journey together and learn more about the miracles of Jesus. So a lot of the miracles that we're going to look at are contained in the Gospels in the story of Jesus. But here to start, I, I take you to the end, if you will, and then we're going to back up. There's Peter there after experiencing all these miracles and Jesus dying on the cross saying, it is finished, taking our sin, defying death, being raised from the dead. Again, he comes to us, I don't know if you've heard the message of the gospel, the message of Jesus. I think a lot of people just think he was a religious figure. No, no, he's different than every other religious figure who said, do these things to become right. 
He didn't say that. He came as an ant. He came and lived among us. He came and lived a life that we could never live so we could experience a life that we could never earn. He made the payment for us on the cross. He took your sin. He took the shame that Betsy was talking about. He took it upon himself. And then different than any other religious figure, he doesn't have a tomb that has a body. He's a a live Jesus today. And I believe maybe there's some of you just like this group with Peter. Peter starts talking about his miracles and, and he validated himself through those miracles and, and here's what happened. And you know what they said to Peter after he preached right there in Acts 2? They said, what do we need to do? You know, you're really ready for Jesus in your life when you're not saying, what do I have to do? But you say, what do I do in relationship to that? I believe maybe there's someone, maybe watching this message later, maybe online or are here with me right now or at a campus. The truth is, I'm gonna preach this entire series, but Jesus has been validating himself to you. He's been showing up in your life. You know, he just, everywhere you turn, there he is. And, and, and you're saying, okay, what do I do? Well, you know what Peter said? Repent. Turn, turn from where you're at and receive him, and he gives you the power to do that. I, I want everybody right now to key in with me because I'm excited to show you these miracles. There's some amazing ones. Storms are calmed. Weather patterns are changed. There's miracles where people walk on water. There's miracles where healings take place. There's relationship miracles. There's a woman who's had an issue medically and exhausted every medical thing that she could do for 12 years, who is healed on the same day a 12-year-old girl is healed as her father reaches out for help. Oh, these miracles cover the gamut. They cover the gamut of your practical life, your relationship with your children and sin and Wholeness, they're they're all across the board, but I want everybody to know this. There's no greater miracle that'll ever happen in any person's life. Those, Those miracles are amazing, but they're temporary because our lives are temporary. There's no greater miracle than when Jesus changes the human heart. So I wanna start by saying to you, you don't have to wait till week five to receive a miracle. You can today say, what do I do? And he says, you can receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. He didn't come to give you a religion. He wants to have a relationship with you. And that's the reason we even study these miracles. You can do it today. But I'm excited about the journey for all of us. We're gonna have these messages. We're gonna study these miracles I want all of you to get this resource. I I pull out Bible verses in here. There's some QR codes where you can go to the videos and watch them yourself after the fact. We're gonna gather in groups. I encourage those of you out there. I've seen, by the way, teachers have groups sometimes. We've had some amazing like teachers groups, people in their businesses. I I want you guys just to go on this journey together. And, And you say, why can you ask us to do that with such confidence? We've been doing this for years. Milestone Church is 20 years old. This is how we do it. This is, I've seen God show up in this. I don't know if it'll be the first moment. It'll be this weekend, the fifth week, the fourth week, or how it happens. But every time we open ourselves up to God, there's a lot goes on in the fall. 
You guys are trying to get kids back to school and we got all these activities and things. Fall sometimes is the busiest time of the year. Football's coming in Jesus' name. I mean, let's give him praise in the house. But, but I will say, with all the things coming this fall, on the backside of you saying, God, I wanna go on this journey, you're gonna meet him. And I feel like I'm kinda like a tour guide. Several years ago, I went to Alaska I really love the outdoors. It's the way I recharge. I, I had a chance to go to a remote area off of the Bering Sea in the middle of nowhere, tundra plain, little floating boat, MREs, catch your own food, kind of like wilderness experience. It's quite a surreal feeling when you end up somewhere that your only contact is a satellite phone. And I had the first thought, there's stuff out here that'll eat me. <laughs> and actually, I'm such a luscious meal, they could eat on me for a week. It's like a buffet, y'all know what I'm saying? I mean, they're like. And I felt safe only because I was with a guide. This guy, he grew up there, he lived there. He actually raced the Iditarod. Like this guy was a true Alaskan wilderness guy. So I felt safe because he had already done it. Well, I'm kind of like a tour guide this weekend saying, hey, come on this journey. God's gonna meet you there. Let me finish with just a couple of things that I think is gonna happen just basic things that I believe will happen on this journey, what's going to happen. Number one, these miracles are gonna change how we all see God. A miracle, let me give you the definition of a miracle. You're like, Jeff, what's a miracle? It's an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. Did you hear that? It's when this God, this creator God, almighty God, eternal God shows up in our human affairs, manifests himself in our everyday lives. They show us. I meet so many people as a pastor who feel like, man, I just feel like I'm all alone. I don't feel like God sees me. I don't feel like God, I don't feel like anyone understands what I'm going through. When you see these miracles, you'll see God does understand. God does see you. God does want to show up in your situation. He shows up in human Affairs. I, I realize there's a risk by preaching on a series like this as well. Because you say, well, if we start talking about miracles and people get excited, what if it doesn't happen? You could get disappointed. Had a guy tell me one time, he said, well, you shouldn't preach on miracles. You could get people's hopes up. My point is, if you need a miracle, you want to get your hopes up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? However, there's a tension, there's a tension, as I said. There's a tension there. There's a tension in all the stories. There's this Jesus performing the miracle and then there's their participation. Some of you may have grown up in atmospheres where it's like, have faith for miracles and, and, and believe God for miracles. That may have been your church experience. And you're just like, man, I believe in miracles. Finally, the pastor's talking about it. And there's others of you where I grew up, we had Wednesday night prayer meeting and you say, well, does anybody have a prayer request? And they say, it's unspoken. Well, why don't you speak it so we can know what it is? Y'all know what I'm saying? And then we just say some melodious prayer, like if it be thy will, you know? How many of you know that God is sovereign? There's not a molecule in the universe that's not under his control. And you may come from a background where you're fully rested in God's sovereignty and how he works. And that's a good thing, but... When you read these miracles, there's tension. Because he consistently would say, your faith has made you well. So some of you are comfortable with that and some of you are comfortable. So there's a tension and here's what we need to know. 
God's okay with the tension. See, he's not wanting us to worship him for the miracles he performs. He wants us to worship him for who he is. And so as we come through the complexity of it, we actually grow in our relationship with him. And so there's a tension. I, I'm, I got tension. I'm coming back to my, my 50-year-old physical. If y'all wanna pray for me, it's coming here pretty soon. Last year, if you didn't know about it, I failed the tension test. The lady told me to start reaching for a board to measure, and she said, you can start now, and I'd been going for 10 minutes. <laughs> so I'm getting older, so stuff that needs to be loose is getting tight, and stuff that needs to be tight and getting loose. Y'all know what I'm saying. In fact, I was talking to a pastor the other day. I said, oh, stuff's loosening up. Maybe I'll, I was playing. Maybe I'll get it tightened up some. Then I said, you know what? I'm thinking about getting hair implants. He goes, well, I'll tell you where I got mine. I said, I was just, you ever said something you were joking and they took you serious? Brother was trying to refer me. I said, look, I ain't trying to plant no cornrows on my head. <laughs> Stuff is tight that needs to be loose. Stuff is loose that needs to be tight. And in this series, we need to understand God's okay with it. Here's a good passage that I love and I think sums up a good theology, Daniel. He says, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able. Some of you need to get more leaning toward the tension of God is able to perform miracles. He is able to deliver us from it. I love Daniel, the faith he had. He even says, and he will deliver us from it. He says this, he'll deliver us from your majesty's hand. The king was trying to get them to bow to false gods. But then I like this faith as well. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So we're gonna walk in the tension of faith and trust, trust and confidence. Here's the second thing. If you go on the journey, I wanna just encourage you just to have an open heart. You're like, Jeff, how do I approach these miracles? No matter where you're coming from, every time we go to the Bible, every time we, as I was there, as I was experiencing this, as I was thinking about this, as I was reading these stories, there's no way you can engage with the word of God and the person of Jesus Christ and not be changed. But the key to change is an open heart. We're not coming to this series based on our experiences. Could I, can I just, I know that's hard to do. Can you lay aside your experiences? Can you lay aside your background, your perspective, what didn't happen or what did happen? And afresh and anew, Jesus was constantly saying, do you have eyes to see? Do you have ears to hear? See, the people of Jesus' day missed it. He was talking about soil. As I said, he would talk about the soil of their heart and in this, in having a good heart doesn't mean you've done everything perfect or know everything about God. It just means you're open to what he wants to say to you by his spirit where you're at now. So we just wanna open our hearts up to what he has to say. As I was there and I would go to these sites and I was doing these videos, I kinda asked myself a lot of times, I'd be like, how would I have responded like when you start talking about the dead being raised and people walking on water, it's like, and here's what I would like to believe. If I were in the crowd those days, I would have liked to have believed that I would have been on the side of, he's the son of God. You know, I would have hoped, but, but a lot of us, I just want, this is why I'm talking about your heart. 
We need to know the propensity of our heart, the deceitfulness of the heart, the cynicism that gets in the heart, the enemy's strategy to get us jaded toward, because in those days, you, you may say, well, a miracle, if I see it, I'll believe it. Not necessarily. There were those that day who saw it who still didn't receive. That's why we have to posture our hearts in a way to say, Holy Spirit, work in me afresh and anew. And I'm asking you if you'll do that, God's gonna meet you there. He's gonna meet you there. I've experienced as a pastor, God doing miracles. I've seen God show up in my own life, my family's life, even as of recent, doing some amazing things. I've seen God change human hearts, save marriages, I'm fully convinced, I don't say this because I'm a pastor, I, I just say this, I'm telling you, the, the longer, I'm fully convinced unless Jesus shows up in the life of a human being, they don't change. Psychology, self-will, plan strategies, atomic habits, I don't care what you have. It's Jesus that changes people. He's the one who does the changing. I've seen him do it, and I believe that he wants to bring us into it in a fresh way. As I said, we all wanna see a miracle. We just don't wanna be a candidate for a miracle. You may be in that place, so you're really engaged with this series. I'm gonna ask everybody to bow their heads. I'm gonna ask you not to move for just a moment. This is a holy moment. I believe there's somebody who Betsy prayed for who you're in that category. Maybe you've had shame or you've had, you feel like you're, the one on the outside that Jesus is talking to. Maybe you're that person that I mentioned earlier that Jesus is speaking to. He's been intersecting your life. Maybe you're online. Maybe you're at a campus watching this later. Maybe you're in the room with me right now. And right here at the start of this series, you could experience a miracle today. A miracle by just saying, Jesus, it's not about the eloquence of your words. It's about your heart. Jesus, I give you my life. You know the mistakes I've made. You know the things I've done, things that I've never told anyone else. Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. I receive you today as my Jesus, my personal Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to let us know. Maybe come forward at the end of the service. Come to Discovery 101. It'd be a great first step for you. You don't wanna just stop there at the prayer. You wanna... Now take steps, jump into this journey with us. Second of all though, Lord, I wanna pray for all of the people listening, myself included, and I would invite you right now just to, just, just, just to say, Lord, I, I wanna open my heart up, I wanna go on this journey. Maybe you hadn't planned on it, but I'm praying you will right now, just the Holy Spirit's urging you. I wanna show you more of who I am. Jesus wants to reveal himself to you in a new way. Just say, Lord, I wanna, open my heart up to you. I wanna open up my life. I wanna, I wanna open myself up to this journey because I wanna know more of you. I, I know there's more of you that you wanna show me and reveal to me. So Lord, we thank you that your grace is gonna be present every step of the way as we take this journey together over the next few weeks. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.